concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, verses 10-13, through 13, CSB Translation Welcome back to From Hevel to Eternity, my Bible study podcast. I'm Brian, and today we're going to be getting into the Christmas spirit a little bit. No catchy jingles or tacky sweaters, I'm not that festive. We're just going to go through an exploration of the question, what is Advent? So chances are, whether you grew up in the church or outside of the church like me, you've heard of, read about, or celebrated Christmas. Chances are that you have also heard of Advent. I'm willing to bet that for most people, Advent means those little pop-out calendars that contain chocolate. They start December 1st and go up until Christmas. I mean, they've even got extra creative with them nowadays. My son has these Lego Advent calendars now, where you open the day's box, get a handful of little Legos, and construct something each day that all relates to the same theme. It's really cool, and it's fun, but it misses the mark if we just leave it at that. For most people today, Advent is just this. It's just this countdown celebration leading up to Christmas Day. This makes it an ideal, if not also unlikely, candidate for my podcast, which aims to explore areas of the Bible and Christian tradition that we tend to gloss over without really processing. I know for a fact that I just glossed over Advent for a while without giving any thought to the why behind it. So today, let's explore two questions. Why is it important to spend time reflecting on the days leading up to Christmas? And how can we spend time celebrating Advent in ways that might be meaningful and spiritually uplifting? I may even throw in some bonus Christmas carol excerpts that can be applied to each type of celebration. I think we will actually find that exploring the why behind the anticipation of Christmas is what Advent is all about. That Advent reminds us of the grand story of God's redemptive plan for humanity. That celebrating Advent is actually an extension of celebrating God's promise of salvation that is fulfilled through Jesus the Messiah. So, the exact origins of Advent itself are elusive. There is no mandate by scripture to observe it, nor are there biblical instructions on how exactly to celebrate it. The first written evidence of Advent is found in the 4th century in the Hispania and Gaul regions of Europe, with potential mentions as early as 380 AD at the Council of Saragossa. In short, the word Advent means coming. It stems from the Latin word adventus, which is a translation of the Greek word parousia. The Greek word literally means to come near, which ends up carrying this meaning of the arrival of this weighty presence. This word appears 24 times in the New Testament, with a primary focus on Jesus being the presence that is arriving. 
James 5.8 says, You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. 2 Peter 1.16 says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 1 John 2.28 says, Now little children, remain in him, that when he appears, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him at his coming. One of the things that Advent does is it should transform us back in history to a time before Jesus' birth. To a time when the people of God would have known the Messiah was coming, but who would not have yet seen his face. Advent should focus back and reflect in celebration on Jesus' first coming. Isaiah 9-2 says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of the shadow of death, on them the light has shined. But after Christ's resurrection, Advent also looks forward with eager anticipation and expectation to Jesus' second coming. Jesus is quoted in Revelation 22-7 saying, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Ryan Reeves, in his 2016 paper, The History of Advent, says that we are not a people who merely look to the one moment God broke into history. We also await his coming again in glory. And because today is apparently the day to quote from people named Ryan, Ryan Shelton, author of an article on DesiringGod.org, declares, Advent reminds us to pan the camera back out to the larger scope of God's purposes for history. So, When we ask what's the big picture of Advent, the answer becomes, Advent should cause us to look at the entire Bible as one story, telling God's plan to redeem sinful man through Jesus Christ's birth, life, death, resurrection, and his future second coming. Advent is the season leading up to Christmas, yes but it doesn't start on exactly December 1st. It actually starts four Sundays before Christmas Day, so four Sundays out from December 25th. This year, that means Advent actually started November 29th. Sometimes you see each of the weeks labeled hope, peace, joy, and love, respectively. I actually prefer labeling each week in accordance with a lot of other scholars. Hope, preparation, peace, and love. Basically, for four weeks, the season of Advent calls us to reflect on the promises of God that were fulfilled in Christ's arrival and his future second coming. We meditate on the anticipation that would have existed in the years of waiting for Jesus, in the years waiting for God's coming through Jesus the Messiah. We need to remember that for thousands of years, God people knew God was sending a Savior. They were waiting for the snake crusher from the seed of woman the blessing to the nations from Abraham's family tree, the king from the line of David. They knew of his coming, but they didn't know exactly when he would arrive or who he would be specifically. There were glimpses and hopeful expectations. God appointed leaders like Moses to lead his people, earthly judges like Samson to save his people, worldly redeemers like Boaz to rescue his bride, and little K kings like David's direct son Solomon all of whom foreshadowed in some way the coming of the Messiah, all of whom were not him. 
There were promises. God appointed prophets to declare characteristics the Messiah would take on and indicators of the Messiah's surroundings. But it was a period of expectantly waiting for the Messiah's arrival, a period of time prior to the King of Kings' first coming. Advent, in part, taps into that expectation. And that's why Advent counts down to Christmas, to that day when Jesus the Christ, God the Son made man, was birthed into the world in the little town of Bethlehem. We need to celebrate Advent in a way where we try to gauge this cultural expectation that existed then and create a new cultural expectation for what should exist now for Jesus' second coming. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, silent night, holy night. Shepherds quake at the sight, glories stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing alleluia, Christ the Savior is born. Excerpt from the hymn, Silent Night. So the first celebration of Advent is hope or promise. The hope and promise that was fulfilled when Jesus was born on this earth. The hope we have and the promise that was fulfilled through his completed work on the cross. And the hope and promise of what is to come for those who trust in Jesus as both Lord and Savior. All the promises of God find their yes in Jesus, and Christ alone is the hope of all humanity. Some verses to go along with the promises of God. I wait for Yahweh. My soul waits. I hope in his word. Isaiah 7.14 Behold, the days are coming, says Yahweh, that I will perform that good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and concerning the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a branch of righteousness to grow up to David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Jeremiah 33, 14 and 15. Some verses to go along with hope include, Again, Isaiah says, There will be the root of Jesse, he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles will hope. Romans fifteen twelve. Then Psalm 31.24, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in Yahweh. Psalm 119.114, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalm 130.5, I wait for Yahweh, my soul waits, I hope in his word. Isaiah 40.31, But those who wait for Yahweh will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And finally, Ephesians 1, verses 18-21, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to that working of the strength of his might, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and made him to sit at his right hand in the heavenly places, 
far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. The hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, really transcends this hope, and it starts, Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. A shoot will come out of the stock of Jesse, and a branch out of his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of Yahweh will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of Yahweh. His delight will be in the fear of Yahweh. He will not judge by the sight of his eyes, neither decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with equity for the humble of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will kill the wicked. Righteousness will be on the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his waists. Isaiah 11 verses 1 through 5. The second celebration of Advent is preparation, reflecting on the mental preparation of God's people waiting the Messiah's birth, and the preparation for Jesus' triumphant second coming. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, afraideth, being small among the clans of Judah, out of you one will come forth to me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Isaiah 40 verse 5 says, The glory of Yahweh shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken it. Psalm 24 9, Lift up your heads, you gates, yes, lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Matthew 1 21 through 23 says, She shall spring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who shall save his people from their sins. Now all this has happened that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Jesus himself declares that his second coming should be imminently expected and would bring a reward for his people. In Revelation 22.12, he says, Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to repay to each man according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So what are some ways that we can actively engage in preparation for Jesus' return? Well, we can spread the good news of Jesus during the Christmas season. Matthew 24, 14. This good news of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world for a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. We can also push each other toward unity and love and good works. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 say, Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good works, not forsaking our own assembling together, as the custom of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
We can show boldness as we sacrifice in this world and as we endure suffering here on earth, knowing that our inheritance in heaven is the greatest imaginable. Hebrews 1034 34-37 says, For you both had compassion on me and my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and an enduring one in the heavens. Therefore, don't throw away your boldness, which has a great reward. For you need endurance, so that having done the will of God, you may receive the promise. In a very little while, he who comes will come and will not wait. So there's a Christmas song that we sing that is filled with eager expectation that the people would have had for Jesus' birth and the hopeful yearning that we should have now for Jesus' second coming. I worry that we sometimes miss that when we just sing it on the radio or in our church choirs. The hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, begins. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare her room, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns, let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Excerpts from Joy to the World The third Advent celebration is of peace, or joy in some studies. In light of the hope that we found and the anticipation of arrival that we have, we can then find peace and joy in who our God is and what our God has accomplished. The Yahweh's ransomed ones will return and come with singing to Zion, and everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isaiah 35, 11 Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly army praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Luke 2, 13 and 14. It's not just a peace and joy associated with contentment. Advent is celebrating a peace and a joy that sparks worship. I mean, listen to this hymn. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. The final celebration of Advent is love. This one usually gets associated with a call for us to love each other and to live in harmony and peace. I mean, sure, we should strive for that. And yes, Jesus calls us to that. But the focus here shouldn't be on our own actions. Our actions should be an overflow of something else. Our love for others should be an overflow of the love that God has shown toward us. 
John 3, 16 and 17 say, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, The saying is faithful and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 1 John 4.8-10 says, He who doesn't love doesn't know God, for God is love. By this God's love was revealed in us, that God has sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In addition to God's love for us spurring us toward loving others, God's love for us should spur us toward adoration of Jesus. I mean, the song gets it right. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye, to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. O come, all ye faithful to Bethlehem, O sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. O come, O come ye to Bethlehem. A celebration of God's love should echo with verses and songs of adoration for the child in the manger. The hymn, Away in a Manger, starts with the familiar, Away in a manger, no crib for his bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. But then in the third stanza, its focus really becomes adoration and love. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky, and stay by my side till morning is nigh. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever, and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and take us to heaven to live with thee there. Ashrita Chuchu, in her book Unwrapping the Names of Jesus, kind of sums up that Advent demarks a season of expectantly preparing to celebrate the first coming of Jesus, while eagerly awaiting his second coming to establish his kingdom, even as we celebrate his presence among us through the promised Holy Spirit. Ryan Shelton reminds us that during Advent we should remember the deliberateness of God, I argue that Advent is important because reflecting on the promises that God has already fulfilled should offer reassurance to us of the promises that we still eagerly await. John the disciple concludes the book of Revelation by saying, He who testifies these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Yes, come Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all the saints. Amen. Thank you for listening. Hopefully it gave a little background on the season of Advent. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. The opening passage was from the Christian Standard, or CSB, translation. Until next time, I love y'all.